Hello from the 2018 Equal Justice Conference in San Diego, California. I'm Kimberly Sanchez. Patrick Arns. I'm Ryan Dyer. I'm Martina Vandenberg. And I'm Faith Morse. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. I'm super excited about this panel that I have in front of me to talk about something that is very, very hot topic right now for very good reason, human trafficking. The workshop these wonderful folks just presented on talks about how do we leverage and how do we work with pro bono attorneys to handle this particular problem. So um, I'm going to have probably Martina start out talking a little bit about her organization and, uh, you know, how that interacts. So the organization that I run is called the Human Trafficking Legal Center. We've trained about 3,600 lawyers around the United States to handle these cases pro bono. And we assign cases, refer cases out to lawyers who are interested in handling pro bono trafficking cases, whether those are civil cases or criminal cases or immigration cases. Wow. 3,600 trained? That's incredible. Those are just the live ones. I don't count the webinar ones because my feeling is that people watching webinars are actually working. (laughs) (laughs) There's probably some truth to that. Um, All right. So why don't we start with um, you and talk about you know, why you're here and how you worked with the center. Thanks, Kimberly. My name is Patrick Arns. I'm a partner at Robbins Kaplan in Minneapolis. Um, my practice mainly focuses on intellectual property litigation, but I also chair our firm's pro bono committee. And uh, on an annual basis, our firm contributes about 8% of our billable time to pro bono work. And I had the privilege last year of trying a case on behalf of Pania Vang uh, in a civil case in uh, federal court in Minnesota in which uh, it was referred to as a civil sex tourism case, in which she brought a a case against an abuser, an American citizen, that had traveled to Laos uh, where he had sexually assaulted her, um, and she was able to seek uh, a civil claim in federal court here in the United States, and we obtained a $950,000 verdict for her. Wow, that's incredible. How long did that case take? took about a week. Oh, a, a week for the trial. Um, it was uh, litigated through the courts uh, for a period of about five years. Now, was that the first time you'd taken a case like that? Uh, it was the first type of sex tourism case I'd ever handled. Um, I've done kind of everything under the sun on a pro bono basis. I've handled asylum cases, criminal defense cases. Um, I've represented survivors of domestic abuse in orders for protection. Uh, Hague Convention cases. So I've really kind of handled a broad array of pro bono matters. And how did you get involved with that particular case? Was it through Martina's organization? You know, this one wasn't. Our firm has worked with Martina and has uh, gone through a training with Martina. Uh, But this case uh, was sort of a referral uh, from uh, the attorney that originally filed it uh, seeking help um, trying Mm -hmm. the case. And has your firm taken more of those cases since? Uh, Not yet. But it's um, on the horizon. I, it's a goal. Yeah. One of the tricky parts about this type of case is, is really kind of having um, victims and survivors find attorneys because oftentimes the survivor is in a foreign country. And one that's one of the tricky part about getting and ensuring they have access to justice. Okay. Well, excellent. Ryan? And I apologize because to the listeners as well, I did not ask you for your bios and it initially. So go ahead and tell me about yourself, Ryan. Uh, Okay. Thank you. Um, My name is Ryan Dyer. I'm a Seattle attorney at the law firm Fowl Cochran uh, Vertitis Amala. Um, Our firm is a civil plaintiff's firm. 
my connection to this particular kind of context was our firm is handling um, a batch of ongoing litigation on behalf of victims of child sex trafficking against uh, the website Backpage.com. These cases started out in 2011 with a single case, and at the time we did identify it as what we what we would consider impact litigation, you know, litigation that we don't you know, that doesn't necessarily have a very likely, a good likelihood of success, uh, but something that we still thought was uh, important to pursue and prosecute. Backpage.com is, is a website uh, that until recently carries, appears much like Craigslist, but essentially uh, involves a lot of listings for sex for money transactions. And it, it accounts for the majority of child sex trafficking that's at least reported to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children uh, in the United States. This was the first time you'd taken a case like this? This was the first case, I think, in the sex trafficking realm. Our firm handles a lot of uh, child uh, abuse and molestation cases against institutional uh, defendants like the archdiocese or you know, uh, you know, state agencies and so forth. This is the first time we had probably gotten into something that was very uh, clearly a sex trafficking uh, sort of topic. And your firm continues to do that work? Uh, we do. Um, we, um, I, I assume you're referring to the sex trafficking work. We do. I think at present we have 10 ongoing cases against uh, the back page defendants and, and the executives involved okay. Uh, there. Okay. And I have a question probably for the both of you, Patrick and Ryan. Um, how, like, how many hours uh, did you volunteer to take these cases, and why is that important to you? Uh, with the Vang case, I took on that case and came in just for a trial. So I, I took it on around February of 2017. The case was in May of 2017, and I think it was about four or 500 yeah, hours. that's incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, our firm has an uncapped amount of pro bono hours that are contributed to an associate's or partner's billable hour goal, and we do that so we can handle cases the exact way we would handle a, a billable okay. case. How many hours for you, Ryan? That's an interesting question. I would say it's been about 1,500 hours yeah, uh, for me alone. I think our firm has probably topped over 4,000 hours into the back page litigations uh, combined. I think that's incredible. Let me, let me switch over to Martina because I want to hear about her organization and how you kind of get these people to do this work. So the pro bono lawyers doing cases are remarkable and dedicated and incredibly zealous. What's interesting, though, about the litigation, by and large, is that these two cases are anomalies in the sense that 93% of the cases that are brought as civil cases in the federal courts are actually for forced labor. And so most of the cases that are referred to outside counsel for pro bono representation, most of those cases are labor trafficking cases. And the facts run the gamut from people who are trafficked into domestic servitude, held in forced labor in homes. Some of them are raped. Some of them are forced to work 18 hours a day for little or no pay. Their passports are taken away. So there's the domestic servitude cases, but then there are also cases involving recruiters who bring over large numbers of workers for jobs that the victims think are legitimate here in the United States with legitimate visas, and then they arrive in the United States only to determine that this entire uh, job opportunity was a fraud. And so the pro bono lawyers bringing these cases have to be incredibly sensitive and uh, think through exactly how they're going to handle cases with victims. I think that's an enormous problem for sex trafficking or labor trafficking cases. You really have to be sort of aware of the vulnerability of these particular clients. But I've been absolutely um, flummoxed and, and so amazed by the level of care that the pro bono attorneys have shown, have shown trafficking victims. 
as they have used their incredible skills to litigate these cases brilliantly and win significant awards. That's incredible. And Faith, I think you could, you know, introduce yourself, but then speak to that because I know that you handle some of these cases as well. So I'm Faith. I'm a partner with Anderson Morrison Lindhorst, and we're in Medford, Oregon. We are a plaintiff side personal injury case uh, firm, and we've handled uh, sex exploitation cases um, in my spare time. I volunteer with an immigration clinic uh, in Medford, and um, the amount of work is substantial. I could not even begin to estimate for you the amount of time, but it is all incredibly worthwhile because you make such a difference in the lives of these people. Um, You take them from feeling betrayed and like they've been abandoned, and by becoming their advocate, you help them move on to a new piece of life. and, and I think being that champion is incredibly important. That's incredible. What kind of resources are available to help pro bono attorneys um, take these kinds of cases? The Human Trafficking Legal Center runs databases. So we have databases of every federal civil case ever filed in the United States that we make available to pro bono attorneys who are doing these cases. When I was a partner in a law firm, what I wanted most was an example just a sample, a sample complaint, a sample motion to dismiss, and those didn't exist. And so when I left the firm, I decided I would create that so that lawyers wouldn't have to reinvent the wheel. The other thing that we do is extensive technical assistance. So when a firm takes a case for us, from us, or, or when a pro bono attorney is just handling a matter, um, they can phone a friend, and we're, we'll be on the other end of the phone, and we're happy to sort of provide case examples and, and assistance in, in those in those litigation matters. Can I jump in on that? So I, I would say from the firm's perspective, those resources are priceless and invaluable. Um, but I'd also say what's important on the firm side is for an attorney to have a little bit of courage to go ahead and take dive into a case and handle a case that otherwise the client's not going to have any representation for. All right. That's great information. Ryan, what's your words of wisdom to a pro pro bono volunteer attorney? Well, I I think the benefit that the resources that uh, some of the national organizations like Martina's organization provide are really invaluable, especially to, to attorneys who are, who are, whose law firms don't specialize in this kind of work, who are doing this truly as a kind of isolated pro bono issue. From, from my perspective at a firm that, that does handle this, uh, we definitely rely uh, pretty extensively on organizations like Martinez, primarily uh, Martinez actually, and then um, also on each other. There's a lot of other law firms out there that you can get plugged into the network. We've provided briefing that's been successful on some of these issues to other firms, and we've been provided, uh, you know, briefing and and uh, just just practical advice and those sorts of things. So so it really is kind of the community of attorneys doing this, uh, along with how it's aggregated into the different organizations that makes a tremendous difference. And during your workshop, did you have some interest in this particular? Like, what were some of the questions like, that people were like asking? Like recruits? Yeah, no, or, what, yeah. what were people <laughs> asking? Our, our workshop was absolutely fascinating in that about half of the people there could have been on that panel. And maybe should have been on that panel. They, there was incredible experience, which is part of why CLEs like this are so important because you can meet the other practitioners and the people who are, you know, on the ground doing this. And uh, I, I thought it was a great, great group of folks that were there. 
I think Faith's point and, and, and Ryan's point about the people in the room, there were lawyers in that room who have won some of the most important cases in the United States. One of the lawyers in the room was from Jones Day. Jones Day just did a pro bono case in a labor trafficking case and a one a $1.1 million judgment. One of the lawyers in the room was from from Deckert. Deckert won the most important Second Circuit case ever on diplomatic immunity and human trafficking. So I think this conference brings together this community that Ryan is talking about of lawyers who depend upon and look to one another for expertise. Okay. Well, that's incredible. Any other last minute comments or words or... Man, you guys are real, truly rock stars. It takes a lot for a pro bono attorney to take on that kind of a case and to do it for such an amazing cause. Martina, last sort of plug for taking these cases. So if anyone would like training, they can contact us at the Human Trafficking Legal Center. Our website is htlegalcenter.org. We're happy to do trainings. All the trainings are for free. If lawyers want to handle a case pro bono, we're happy to put them in the database. We're happy to include them in technical assistance calls. There's so much handholding and so much assistance available that the cases are actually not as hard as they look from day one um, because there's a real community of lawyers who are eager to to help. And all I can say is from the perspective of the trafficking survivors, there is nothing that they need more than incredibly competent, dedicated pro bono attorneys. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for being on this uh show. And why don't you give us all your contact information so if there are follow-up questions from the listeners, they can... Um contact you. Absolutely. Again, my name is Patrick Ahrens, and you can reach me at P-A-R-E-N-Z at robinskaplan.com. Uh, Ryan Dyer, uh, email address is R-D-Y-E-R at P-C-V-A-Law.com. And my name is Martina Vandenberg. It's M Vandenberg at htlegalcenter.org. Faith Morse, faith at Anderson Law, and Anderson is S-E-N, not S-O-N.com. Excellent. So we've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please find and rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Uh